Being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a full barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. The Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four-barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing will be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560 The Source. All right, we are back. Myself, Josh Goff, Legacy Automotive up in Boulder and Ridgeline Auto Brokers. If you're looking for a used car, he'd love to help you out. And anything else you need as far as repair goes, if you're in the north part of town at all, worth the drive up. That includes diesels and things that even a lot of the other shops around town will not work on. Josh and all of his folks up there be happy to take care of you so whether you're in the longmont bertha even loveland you know all the way out to you know brighton whatever i mean really that whole area drive to boulder get stuff done with josh and his guys and they'd love to take care of you and, and we've had folks even that have taken diesels and driven from loveland down to have josh and his guys work on them so anything you need along those lines they're there to take care of you and really quick uh those of you that have the mercedes vans one of the few places in the state Outside of the dealer that will work on those vans, right, Josh? Mm-hmm. And you've spent a lot of money on tooling and so on to do so. We have. We are having a little issue with the 2018s and above. Okay. Because Mercedes has kind of locked them down. Okay. And nobody's cut around it. So that's the, so kind of our Achilles right now. Yeah, 2017 and older. We That'll can do. change as time goes it by. It will. It will. But it right takes now, time. Yeah. Right now we're a little bit okay. locked so out. 20, so 2017 and older, even on the Mercedes vans, mm-hmm. which, by the way, are hard to find people to work on. Oh, yeah. They're just, they're just not that many out there that do it. So, yeah. Stephen Pueblo, you're next. Go ahead, sir. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good, Good. sir. Hey, I've got a, a, a 2007 Saturn View that does not have the CVT in it, which uh, basically wrecked the whole brand. But I have replaced everything but the engine. It's a 2.2 Ecotec, and I am happily cruising at 233,000 miles. Mm -hmm. And when you guys were talking a while back, and I don't know if it was was you guys or or somebody else, uh, it uses a quart of oil every 3,000 miles. And I don't see smoke or anything else, and then you were saying that there is some sort of an additive that you can put in that kind of cleans the gunk out of the, maybe around the rings and the, and uh, et cetera, et cetera, and I'm wondering if I should just let things be as it is, and and who knows, go for 250 or 300,000, because I know it is a good engine, and I know I've replaced everything from from struts to clutch so what do you think i would yeah i would use the epr is what it's called and you pour that in right before you do an oil change and you let the engine run for about 15 minutes and then you drain that out and that helps keep those oil control rings from gunking up but if you're only burning one quart of oil and three thousand miles that motor's pretty much about as good as new on it and then when you do the oil change i would put an an moa in it 
Well, believe it or not, I, I don't change the oil. I use a high mileage synthetic. Mm-hmm. And I, what I do is that if I'm throwing a, no, I'm throwing a quart in every thousand. And okay. that's been that way for a long, long time, long right. time. So what I do is every, every uh, three quarts or 3,000 miles, I just change the filter. And I'm using synthetic, but you still think that that gunk that's in there is, uh, is what it is. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, your oil control yeah. rings are probably sticking. No matter what oil you use, you're still going to have sticking oil control rings. And that EPR will help okay. get that gunk out of those free oil those control up. and free those up. Yeah. But you have to do an okay. oil change when All you right. put that in because it has that's to fine. come out of the motor. I mean, that's okay. Right. Yeah, you can't leave it in. Yeah. It has to come out. Now, does that, does, does that stuff bleed around the spark plugs, that oil? No, no. it won't. Unless you got really okay. bad problems, right? <laughs> then we got other no, issues. But no. yeah, no, it, no, it should not. No, I did some serious homework before I bought this this little beast, and uh, it has definitely proven to be everything that I, I, uh, you know, I had researched. So, but that eco, I don't know that that there is such a thing as a. I don't think they continued to make the two point two ecotech. Uh, and the problem is that if I was to lose the engine, uh, you know, basically I could probably just take it to the junkyard, but it's kind of a man thing now, you know, it's like, how far can you go with miles? And I don't know that, that there is, they don't even make the 2.2 Ecotech anymore. They don't, but you could probably get a reman or if you wanted to keep it going. Or do it, do it myself because it'd probably just be a top end. Anyways, okay, thanks. Keep up the good work. Thank you. All right, no, Steve, appreciate it very much. Thanks for the phone call. Mark in Denver, you're next. Go ahead. John, uh, good morning. Good morning, Uh, Mark. Regarding Barrett-Jackson, good morning. Uh, What television uh, coverage was there? I could not find it. They used to be uh, major players on the... uh, FYI was covering it when we were there. FYI, who are they? Uh, they're a net, they're a TV network, FYI. In fact, I believe, don't quote me on this, but Barrett Jackson was bought this last year. At least a large portion of it was, and I think the same company that owns that bought them. Okay, because I looked at all the major channels, but you, you see Meekum, and I I couldn't find it. Yeah, it, it was on. I mean, you, can, you saw. I mean, I saw the reporters and the folks running around. But yeah, it was on FYI. And those of you that are listening, you'll have to check out the you know FYI. It's A and E. Charlie just said A and E. Oh, A and E. A and E carries it. Okay. Well, thank you for that. I want to give a company some recommendation here. Sure. After 20, 20 years in the two thousand three tower, the CD player stopped. It oh went, boy, blew up. <laughs> the old so, CD player. Yeah, the old CD. Well, I still like it, and so I did my research and I found a company called One Factory Radio. The number one factory radio. Okay. And what they do is they rebuild uh, original radios, and they add Bluetooth to it. Nice. Yeah, I've got one of those in my old Dodge, actually. Yeah, and it works. It works they work great. Great, and the price was three hundred forty-five dollars for yeah. a radio that bolts right in the existing hole. I did not want to put an aftermarket radio in this old truck, and so uh, it was plug and play, just like they say. Yep. No, it, 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 I, I um, bought mine off of eBay, but same company did it, and yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a great deal. They work great. That was a nice tool. So anyway, 
You kept your hands in your pockets during the auction? You know, I didn't bid on anything. I, I kind of wish there were some good deals on Thursday. kind of wish I had registered and done that, but wasn't really planning on doing anything. I made enough changes in my fleet this last year that I wasn't really ready to do anything along those lines. What was the presence of Porsche there? Very high. Was it really? Yes, very high. 911s are going for astronomical prices, of course. Yeah, I am aware of that. You know, they're just, um, just through the any, roof. Anything... Even, even new, even new 911s, Mark, even new 911 Carreras are going for just outrageous prices. Well, I think the air-cooled ones are going at a higher rate than the new ones. Oh, they, oh, they are, no doubt. But but even, even what the point is, even the, even the new ones are going for a boatload of money. It's ridiculous. Really? Yes. Okay. Well, thank you for the information, A&E. I'll make a note of that because uh, I've been to that auction before, and I did keep my hands in my pockets, too. Once it's about a million dollars, um, it's out of my league. Man, there, there, I and mean, there was some that were. Um, well, there was an original uh, ZL car from 1969. Uh, there's not too many of those. I think memory serves me correct. There's like 17 or 19 of those cars that were ever built, and this was a complete, you know, rotisserie restore, all documented, where it was still all original and all that, and it was put back to originality, probably better than it was original back in 1969. That car brought seven hundred and seventy thousand dollars. That would bring me. That, that would. I would not be able to go home to my wife. Let's just put it that way. Seven seventy. Now that car. You know where will that car go down the road? And did somebody buy a, a good investment? Um, that car will probably keep going up in value. That'll be a million dollar car in the not too distant future, just because of what it is. But what it also does. We were talking about this at the. At the auction, Mark, the other thing that that does is anybody that owns a 69, 68, 67 Camaro, so those early Camaros, even though what you own is not a ZL1 Camaro, the reality is it brought the value of all those other Camaros up, even with that one going for that kind of price. So any anybody that has any of those early Camaros that are original, you know, restored or not, but just having an original, you know, big block car, a Z28 or whatever the case may be, all that did was drive all those other prices up some. I had a 68Z28 in high school. I bought brand new. I started saving when I was 12 years old. They're bringing a dark ton green, of money. Dark green, white, cowl, reversed, you know, hood scoop. Yep. But I had a maturity problem. Yeah. So it got taken away from me. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, they had a tendency is. to do that yep. back in the day. Let's just say that. Yeah, that, that 302 was a high rubber. Oh, they were nice. Yeah, and then yeah. again, that, that the Z01 car is a 427, big block, all aluminum. I mean, that was basically a race car back in the day. They didn't make that many of them. And, and again, no, not every other Camaro is going to be worth that kind of money. But what it does, as you know, anytime you get one of those cars that ends up like that, that pushes that price up, it's going to carry everything else up with it some as well. I would agree. So. Well, thank you for the information. No, you're very welcome, the, Mark. The, the it, was, programming. it was a joy to talk to you. But, that yeah, that's what it is, FYI, carried... Uh, the auction, and yeah, and if you, again, for those of you listening, if you ever get an opportunity to go to Barrett Jackson, whether it be the one in Scottsdale or even the other ones they have throughout the year, it, it is well worth going to, even if you're not buying anything. But just to be there, see the quality of the cars, and in it, there's a vast array of quality. There's some, you know, fairly low end cars. There's also some very high end cars that go through, and that's the million dollar plus cars that you know mark was just talking about or that camaro i just mentioned a moment ago you couldn't get that close to that camaro but just from the three or four feet away because it's all roped off but Mm -hmm. that three or four feet away that when you start looking at that and whoever did the restore on it it was just again absolutely beautiful And i think what people don't realize is that car today 
restored like it is is far better than it ever was in 1969. (laughs) Trust me, they didn't have the paint in 1969 (laughs) that we have today. Now, on the same token, if you find a very original car, this is just a note. You know what? I'm going to save this for when we come back. I've got a little tip for you. some of you that might even be looking at buying a collector car or something along those lines. And, and again, on the, along those lines, don't forget, if you're looking to buy a car or sell a car even, you've got something you want to get rid of that's in that older era. No, Josh at Ridgeline is not handling old classic cars and things like that. But Worldwide Auto is. So if you're looking to either buy or sell some of the older classic cars, in fact, if you're looking for just a classic car that's a driver that you can have fun with, not spend that $770 thousand dollars on like i just mentioned but really have a good fun car to drive call worldwide auto they're on the website drive-radio.com or 877-422-1570 they'd love to help you and sign up for their newsletter that comes out every thursday that gives you a little bit of advance notice on what's coming up and they consign the majority of their vehicles so if you've got a car to sell the way they work that is you guys decide on you know they look at the car quality condition they'll give you a range of what they think the car is worth you guys decide on a final price they will then sell that car pretty much and and this is amazing and josh would probably agree with this they pretty much sell that car in 30 to 45 days and you've got your money yeah that's pretty good in this day and age when it comes to classic cars. So if you've got a car that you're trying to get rid of, uh, Worldwide Auto is the place to go. So we'll be right back. I've got some things I want to add into, into some of this as well. We'll be right back. Myself and Josh from up in Boulder. This is Drive Radio. Take advantage of Geno's Alignment and Tire Rotation Special for $99.99. Snow has stayed on the ground thanks to cold temperatures, creating potholes and other driving hazards. We all know tires have a way of finding those holes, wreaking havoc on your car's suspension. Also know that an Alignment and Tire Rotation will help get even wear and longer life out of your tires. For over 40 years, Geno's Auto Service has been serving Littleton and customers along the front range. As members of Colorado Select Auto Care, we'll back up our work with Napa's nationwide peace of mind warranty. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. Don't forget to check out all Geno's Google reviews for a good snapshot of the business. Give us a call or go online to schedule an appointment. We are AAA approved and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon. Take advantage of Geno's $99.99 alignment and tire rotation special. Some restrictions apply. See Geno's for details. Stop in or visit us online at genosautoservice.com. That's Geno's with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage. And something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. Do you know what to do in a traffic stop? Kevin Flesh would like to give you a few tips to help keep you and your passengers safe. If you are being pulled over for a traffic violation, slow down and put on your hazards, find a well-lit location that is out of the lane of traffic, keep your hands on the wheel where the officer can see them, and be polite. If you feel it's necessary, record the traffic stop, and then if you need any legal help, call Kevin Flesh at Flesh Law Firm. Kevin is our legal eagle and is an expert in traffic altercations and accidents, so put this number into your phone. 303-806-8886. You can also find Kevin online at fleshlawfirm.com. Kevin Flesh, Flesh Law Firm, and proud sponsor of Drive Radio. 
Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Josh Goff, Legacy Automotive up in Boulder. And what I was going to tell you guys is for some of you that uh, may be looking at a classic car, and some of you may even own one, what I want to tell you is I, I think there's some, some misconceptions when it comes to some of the classic cars' values and so on. And this is my take, my take only. A lot of other people might have different ideas on things, but I think – that I know a fair amount about the classic market. I watch it fairly closely. I own some cars. You know, my dad and uncle have done a lot of rebuilding and kind of flipping of cars and so on. So I watch that market ver- really closely. And I think even the guys at Worldwide, if I had them on today, they'd be agreeing with me on what I'm going to say next. And that is, if you find an older classic, so I've got some good friends of mine that, that own a 68 Camaro that was kind of a barn find. And does the car need painted? Uh, some would say yes. I would say no. The car is in its originality. It it did have a repaint done, but it's the same color as it was originally, and the paint was probably done back in the 70s at some point. Looks good. There's a few little nicks and scratches and so on, but nothing that is that big of a deal in my opinion. This is an original big block Camaro with low miles, and you just don't find these cars in that condition like that. And, and there's a few things on it that needed to be taken back to the original end of things a shifter and some different things but nothing major and and all of that's been dialed back in and it's pretty much now in the condition it was in 1968 and my point is i think there's a lot of folks out there that think oh i need to paint this car it'll bring more value if i do probably not actually in fact if you look at what it's going to take to really put a solid paint job on it which is probably 20 grand yes i'm not exaggerating it's probably 20 to 25 grand to do that car correctly at the end of the day you're not going to get that money back out of it and you're going to find other collectors that, frankly, don't want it that way. A real collector would just as soon have it, even though it was repainted maybe back in the late 70s, early 80s. There's a lot of collectors out there that would just say, that's fine, leave it. I, I, don't, right. I, I don't need anything done to it at this point. Just leave it exactly like it was as part of the history of the car. 
I'm, I want to just leave it alone. So there's a lot of misconceptions on classics that, oh, I've got to do this, this, and this to get this car all dialed in. Well, get some advice on that first before you spend a bunch of money on it, because you'd be surprised at even the cars at Barrett-Jackson that have sort of the, they call it patina, and if you don't know what that is, that's really where maybe an old truck, old car has had a lot of the paint faded off. You can even kind of start to see some of the primer, and what they'll do is they'll leave all that on, and they clear coat on top of it to keep its original condition there, but that's now the look of the car. It's a patina look. They don't go in and refinish everything, because again, they're trying to keep some of that originality of the car, the original paint, and everything that's on it. And you'd be surprised at how well those cars do value-wise. And not that the patina is cheap to do, because you still have to go through, do some refinishing and so on, and there's a lot of care that has to be done to keep all of the old paint still on it. But point being, you're sometimes better off, not always, but sometimes better off just leaving that car. Yet a lot of folks just want to go through, take it to a body shop, or even do it themselves, and they take a sanding disc to it and... Uh, and no, I, I wrong answer. In a lot of cases, you're better off just leaving that car alone just like it was. And, and what I mean by that is some of you are going to say, well, what's a classic? That's another great question. What, what, what's a considered question. a classic car? Um, and this is not by definition of the state of Colorado or any other state for that matter when it comes to classic car plates or anything along those lines. Because believe it or not, uh, even the Smokey and the Bandit Trans Ams, which were the late 70s, are now quote-unquote classics. The 73 to 87 Chevy trucks are starting to become classics. 73 to 80 especially, but even 81 to 87 are becoming a classic. That's, they call them square bodies. In fact, there's even some folks out there that specialize in nothing but selling square body Chevy trucks, Chevy GMC trucks. Those are also now classics. So even though you're thinking, well, 87, 87, 87, that's really not that old that's a classic. Believe it or not, the next generation of Chevy trucks are starting to become classics. The 88 to 2000s, because the early 2000s, they made the change over to them. Those aren't classics quite yet, but that, that even 88 to 99, 98, 99 is becoming hot as well. They're not a square body truck, but they're that early Chevy GMC truck, and they're starting to become worth some money they're starting to go up in value so point being uh, what defines a classic there is no particular year that says okay everything prior to that's a classic it depends on the make and model and desire of that vehicle as to whether or not it's considered a classic or not in my book i don't like the state of colorado's definition that's got to be x amount of years old and so on that was a whole deal done with with you know different individuals in the state on what was classified as a classic car and gets collector plates and so on. And no, that is not the true definition of what an actual classic car, in my opinion, is. Right. Make sense? It does. So, again, this goes down to knowing, comes down to knowing what the vehicle actually is. Mike, you're up, sir. Hey, great topic there, the patina and what the vehicle is and you i know you could do a whole show easily if not more on on what what numbers matching and collector is and yeah, good point all etc 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 which because, by the way mike to uh, your to your point that those are very important things as well that yeah i probably should take some time at some point and go through and there's all the different categories well it's a very yeah it's a specialized thing john let's face it and and if you're gonna buy something 
that collectible, you're going to have, you know, you're going to enjoy it, but there's going to be some maintenance. But That's correct. Yeah, don't repaint, and your point about repainting 2025. Yeah, that's a pretty easy number if yeah. you want the right paint job and an original. And yeah. uh, you, you'll never get the, the original paint anymore, I don't think. You can no, they don't. Well, you, as you know, Mike, even the old lacquers and enamels and so on, most of those yeah. are not even made anymore. You're all going to water-based two-stage paint now, which is a higher-quality paint, makes the vehicle look better. But to your point, you're never going to match what was original because we don't make it anymore. That's right. Um, I enjoyed, I used to enjoy watching, and I learned a lot from it, Motor Week oh. when I was younger. Okay. And, uh, you know, the, the, the kind of public channel, I think, and it was a, you know, they tested the new cars, and then they had a Pat Goss section that he went into different parts and radiators and things like that and what to look for and what not mm-hmm. to look for, and it was fun. As I'm street watch because nobody wants to promote street racing. <laughs> yeah, that's one, Mike, and I'm glad you mentioned that and you broke up for a minute, but I know what you're talking about and those are the street outlaw guys. I have a hard time watching that show because they make it first of all, they make it look like you're just out at the edge of town racing on the streets. Well, they are, but trust me, it is no longer an illegal thing. These guys are doing particular towns. These things are sanctioned. The towns are helping out. They're blocking off the roads. They've got safety folks there and on and on. But they make it look like they're out there running from the cops having a street race. And in the early days, that's what they were doing, which, by the way, I would never, ever, ever promote. But just the street racing in right. general for me, Mike, and I wish Bandemir's was here to talk right now. Uh, if you're going to go race, go up to Bandemir's. Everything's safer. They've got a jersey barrier. I mean, everything is done the way it's supposed to be. If something happens, there's somebody right there that can take care of things. Those guys on Street Outlaws, in my opinion, are a bunch of knuckleheads. Sorry. Just Absolutely. Saying oh, it for what it is. Absolutely. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. And there, no TV producer or whoever the production company is in their right mind are not doing it with a whole bunch of what you just said because of the liability. Yep, oh, yeah. it's all stage. It's, it's all stage. They make it look like stuff. it's an outlaw thing on TV and yeah. so on. And, and and it's just again. And I know that those guys have gotten bigger and bigger. In fact, last year at Bandamere's, they had those guys up there. They were racing on that track, which, you know, I'm okay with at that point in time. But this whole street racing thing, in my opinion, the show does nothing but promote illegal street racing, which it should not be doing. That's my opinion. I agree. That's why I say I I couldn't agree with you more. All it does is promote illegal street racing. And in in this town, we've seen – Plenty of problems oh. with that, particularly mm-hmm. out uh, uh, and it's the getting Mike to, to your point. It's getting worse every weekend in the summertime. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it, um, not good. Deaths and all, not good. Anyway, good, good show as usual. Thanks, John. No, thank you, Mike. I appreciate that, and I appreciate what he said there on that program as well. Yeah, that's one I just I watch it occasionally. I don't know if I get bored and there's nothing else on. I might actually watch it for. I think I watch it more just to say. I mean, and I'm not saying these guys are dumb. They're they're not dumb. I mean, these guys are very smart. They're making cars go very fast. But but here's real quick. Here's the problem with street racing in general. Number one, it's not fair. And some of you are going to say, "What do you mean it's not fair?" There's no Christmas tree. There's no timed light. They're doing it with a guy on the starting line with a flashlight. 
you don't know who got a jump and who didn't. I mean, none of it is is done the way, in my opinion, a real drag race is supposed to be done at a place like you know NHRA sanctioned track like Bandemir Speedway has. I mean, they're doing everything up there in a controlled fashion. They've got a burnout pit. They've got a staging light. You stage in. I mean, you, you know, you've got so many seconds, but or so many hundreds of a second between each light. If you can jump that light just a little bit and be there before the next light comes on, you've got either on a pro tree four hundredths of a second or five hundredths of a second on a regular tree it's all done the way it's supposed to be done no those guys on street outlaws are not doing any of that there's no such thing as track conditions you don't have the same traction even that you would get at a bandemir speedway Uh, i mean it's just completely different and in my opinion it's not even a fair comparison of what each car is doing in that particular situation because they're just out on regular plain asphalt and you'll see those guys put some VHT down to try to get the tires stickier and this, that, and the other. But it is as about as uncontrolled as it gets, even though they make it look like it's a little bit more controlled on the TV end of things. But I, again, to me, what Mike said a moment ago as well, in my opinion, and I've said this numerous times, I don't know why that show exists. It shouldn't. It promotes an illegal activity. It'd be no different than if they had a TV show promoting cocaine use, in my opinion. It's no different, and that's how I see it. Now, a lot of you are going to say, John, you're just a fuddy-duddy and you're a naysayer, and that's not what it is. Yeah, actually it is. It's making these young kids especially feel like we can go out at night, find a deserted road, or even block off a road with a few cars, and we're going to street race, and there's no problem with it until the cops show up. It's illegal. You shouldn't be doing it. These guys that are out on street outlaws are not doing it illegally, by the way. Again, it's all sanctioned. They're outside of a city. The city's agreed to let them have a certain amount of roadway to do this, or they're using, a, in some cases, a, uh, a highway that they close off or whatever the case may be. But bottom line, it's not safe. It's not the way it's supposed to be. They're not doing it the way it's supposed to be done, in my opinion. It's not controlled. And at the end of the day, I, don't even, I can't even tell you if, if the production guys haven't even decided who's supposed to win or not. It's TV, guys. You don't know what's real and what's not. It's TV. Sorry. It's kind of like all-star wrestling. Who's supposed yeah. to win at the end of the day? Pro wrestling. Yeah. I mean, guys, come on. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I just know enough about how TV works. Now, the production side of things is that, that they're not being 100% honest with you and all of that. They're doing whatever looks great on TV and makes the most bang for the buck on their end. Plain and simple. So if you're using that as your as your as your you know goal in life to do with your car, don't go up to Bandemir Speedway. Do it the right way. You got to go through tech, by the way, at Bandemir Speedway to even race up there. The faster you go, the more things have to be on your car to make it legal to even race up there. On and on. Just go get an NHRA rule book. It'll tell you exactly what you have to have in each classification and speed that you're going to run. And that's what you ought to be doing. So, all right, I ran it enough. We'll come back. Drive Radio KLZ five sixty. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie distributing your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. According to the owner's manual on my wife's brand new full-size Japanese crossover, her 3.5 liter direct inject engine might consume as much as one quart of oil every thousand miles. Stop. Hold on. Yeah. One quart per thousand miles. That's right out of the owner's manual. Unfortunately, we see this exact same thing in many new engines. So that begs the question, why are modern cars consuming oil? Where does it go and what can we do to prevent it? First, we have to understand where all the oil is going. 
Oil loss can occur in basically one of three ways. First, a good old-fashioned oil leak. Those are the spots that you see out in the driveway. Second, oil loss can occur through evaporation. Modern engines recirculate crankcase vapors back into the air intake through PCV so as to minimize atmospheric emissions. As much as 15% of your oil can be lost to evaporation and still meet current API standards. The last and most concerning cause of oil loss is the introduction of crankcase oil into the combustion chamber via stuck or gummed up piston rings. When this oil is consumed during the combustion process, it leaves behind harmful metals that can actually weld themselves to the piston top or downstream in the catalytic converter. All of these are severe problems, but most of them can be prevented. First, it's critical that you use a high-grade oil at every oil change. In addition to that, the oil must be fortified with a strong antioxidant package like the BGMOA to help the oil resist oxidation through its life cycle, as well as strong detergents to keep the ring seats clean and free from gums and varnishes. Additionally, a product like the BG EPR will clean all of the internal oil passageways and ensure proper combustion through the restored compression and minimized blow-by. As with all vehicle maintenance, an ounce of prevention will surely save you a pound of dough down the road. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG Products. We'll talk to you again next week. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured. But you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, You'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Josh Goff, Legacy Automotive up in Boulder, Ridgeline Auto Brokers as well. If you've got questions for us, by the way, please call. We'll get them answered for you, 
four seven seven five six zero zero. I know it's the nicest day we've had in a very long time, and a lot of you are probably out doing things and just listening, which I get. I'm fully fully with you on that one. We don't get these kind of days. Uh, we haven't had one of these days like this in quite some time. So, yeah, get out, enjoy it, get some things done around the house, the car, or whatever. But if you're out listening, you got a question for us, by all means, let us know, 303-477-5600. Another question came in along the lines of the fluid we were talking about earlier, the lifetime transmission fluids and so on, which aren't. But somebody said, hey, can, you, can somebody um, – you know, take a Toyota to a place like Extreme in Parker or even Josh up in Boulder and have that service done since the dealer will not do that and they're digging their heels in. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I had a one-word answer. Yes. Right. You can. We've got, we, they, have all of the machinery and the things necessary, the fluid machines, I should say. Uh, it's a fluid transfer machine now. We call them flush machines, but really it's a fluid transfer. They're taking all of the old fluid out putting new fluid in, and some of you would, would probably ask, well, how do you do that when there's no dipstick anymore? Well, you do it through the cooler lines because all transmissions have coolers, so there's a way to actually tap in, and you just exchange the fluid that's coming out into the machine. The new fluid goes right back in. It's never starved for fluid. There's never any issues there whatsoever, and through that process, you can even put a little bit of an additive in that helps the transmission on down the road as well, and yes, that can actually be done, and you can do a fluid exchange with no problem. And by the way, the dealers know that. Because they've got the same machine kicking around that they use for other things like used car reconditioning and so on. So trust me, they've got the same machine. They just won't use it. Right. They're digging their heels in. And again, they're digging their heels in because if they're found telling you you need that, it's going to change that total cost of ownership we talked about a couple of segments ago. Mm -hmm. That's why they don't do it. Yeah, and they still have to put fluid in it too. Believe me, those guys know it needs done. They're just not telling you that. They're following the OEM mantra. Mm-hmm. They're being told what to say, and they're, 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 they're obedient. Probably the best way for me to say that. Don and Aurora, you're next. Yes, sir. Hi. Uh, I have a 2013 Camry, and I'm trying to do a spark plug change on that. Uh, so I got into it, and uh, I'm trying to remove the first spark plug, and it seems very, it has 100,000 miles on it, the car that is, and it seems pretty tough, quite a bit of torque to remove that. I don't want to force it because my understanding is it's an aluminum block engine. Uh, WD-40, I don't, I mean, I don't want to force it because I don't. <laughs> what do you recommend, if anything? Are, you, they put, are they put on pretty tight originally from the factory? They are pretty tight from the factory, and they haven't been done at any time before. Most of they have not. Uh, like I said, uh, Toyota claims it'll last spark plugs, that is, uh, anywhere from 100 to 140, if I remember correctly, 1,000 miles. Mm-hmm. And I have, I'm have i just at 100. I figured, you know what? It's a cheap, inexpensive way to go. Why not replace them? And I can do that. But the torque that it requires to remove it is pretty tough. Right. So what I would do is, you know, take the... Um, coil packs out and then overnight put a little WD-40 down there and let it soak overnight. That's going to be your easiest way to get them to break loose or any penetrating oil. You know, it doesn't have yeah, to be WD-40. And none of that, by the way, for all of you listening, none of that ever hurts the inside of the cylinder. If a little bit gets down in there, it'll burn right it'll up. Burn it's right not up. a problem. Exactly. You have no issues there whatsoever. Yeah, I just want, because I was just curious to know, I mean, th- this thing is really, I- I've taken spark plugs out in the past, no problem. 
whatsoever, and I replaced them. But in this particular instance, it's, it's pretty tough. They're in there. And they are. Usually those Toyota plugs are in there pretty tight. But I haven't had any issues as long as somebody hadn't been in there before us trying to put plugs in. I haven't had any issues with the Toyotas, like taking threads out or any of that, you know. There are some motors that it is an issue that you have to do a lot, you know, especially if you have like a a Ford 5.4 with the three valves. Those plugs, that's a whole different story. But the Toyotas, yeah, just pull the coil packs out of it, put a little penetrating oil in there, let it soak overnight, and they should start to come loose. And it will take a a good Uh, deal of torque to break it loose. Okay, I just, I was always a a believer and if if you have to force something it's not good right exactly hmm. not not a bad motto at all don great thank you so much you're yes, very you welcome appreciate it and breaking news i know this is drive radio and it's not my normal daily show but this is breaking news and i think most people would would want to hear this they're going to shoot down the chinese balloon finally it's only about three days late FAA has shut down three airports and closed airspace in parts of North and South Carolina and uh, Myrtle Beach, Wellington, and or Wilmington, I should say, and Charleston. So I guess the plan is now to shoot down the one of two Chinese balloons. One is here, one is uh, down in Latin America. Uh, but anyways, uh, in, in, in my opinion, uh, no, these are not any kind of a weather balloon that got loose. The Chinese are spying on us, and we should have shot these things down from the get-go. But I digress. I know that's not necessarily a, a drive radio topic. Although, for a lot of you listening, when it comes to travel and things like that, if you've got things where you're flying you know, back east and doing things along those lines, of course, check all of your flights and so on, because shutting down three airports will have some travel disruptions that, as you guys all know, spider out into other areas as well so really doesn't matter where you're traveling i would double check all of that just to make sure there's nothing that's been affected for your flight so in that case yes it's an effect on everyone so we'll be right back drive radio klz 560 no one likes to be that person you know the one stuck on the side of the road busted tire making everyone slow down to get around them with legacy automotive's new tire sales you don't have to be that person ever Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold Certified Auto Care Shop and employs ASC Certified Technicians. So don't be that guy. And make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555. Or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. Hunting down that hard-to-find part for an out-of-the-ordinary car can be quite a time-consuming chore. 
Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination, but those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. Have you ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out-of-the-norm vehicle? Worldwide Vintage Autos is the place to go for all your vintage car and truck needs. With over 80,000 square feet of indoor showroom and warehouse space, they make the shopping experience easy. Every vehicle they sell is checked out by their own staff and is verified as a roadworthy vehicle, and this includes consignment vehicles. When you buy a vehicle from Worldwide, it's a vehicle you can safely drive home. They sell over 1,200 vehicles a year, and most of their inventory comes from people like you and me. If you want to eliminate the hassle of selling your vintage or unique vehicle, give them a call today. By the way, sign up today for the VIP list. They'll give you updates on all their new inventory that the general public doesn't see yet, and it's at a discounted price. Worldwide Vintage Autos. Don't let the name fool you. They sell worldwide, but their showroom is right here in Denver. Find them today at WorldwideVintageAutos.com or call 877-378-4679 and make sure you tell them John Rush from Drive Radio sent you. All right, we are back. Drive Radio KLZ 560. And somebody sent me this via email, which is actually pretty funny. This was a, a uh, message on a package that is being shipped to this particular individual. It says, shipping method. USPS first class slash priority two to seven business days, unless the federal government loses it. <laughs> pretty funny, actually. That was good. Thank you for sending that, by the way. Bob in the Springs, what's going on? Colorado Springs, I should say. Hello, Bob. And this is this is Bob, John. How are you? John, I don't know if you remember me. You helped me out with, you know, tell me about the K-Seal, and that worked perfect. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Leak. Yeah, definitely. And then about my fuel pump, I didn't have to replace my whole dash and stuff. That all worked out for me and other things. John, the last time I spoke with you was about my windshield. I purchased this windshield on the 27th of uh, last year. Okay. And um, remember I told you about all these little dots on it, and you said maybe try double-lot steel wool and some window cleaner. Yeah, and, I don't, and Bob, refresh my memory. I don't remember. Where did, they, where did the dots come from? I don't remember. I'm sorry. I don't even know, John. That's my problem. Okay, here. I took it into the – you told me to go see the windshield people. Right. John, I, I think I'm getting a runaround. I have a 99 Ford F-250 okay. that I drive every place. Steamboat, I fish a lot, and I drive. This windshield doesn't even look like this, and it's an original. My Silverado that this one's in that they put in for me didn't look this bad until I got a big rock thrown at me. Okay, it didn't look this bad. And I thought maybe something splattered on it or something, you know, to clean it. So I take it into them, and they said, well... They can't do anything about it because it's from the gravel. John, I cannot, when the sun's shining on me, it's, John, i got to put sunglasses on. I normally don't need to wear them. Hmm. But it looks like a fine mist of rain. The whole windshield, 100% is covered from top to bottom, side to side. And, uh, you know, they're trying to say gravel. John, like I said, I had my Silverado 
before I needed it for twenty for twenty three years, the original windshield, and it didn't look nothing like this. At nighttime, when I'm driving, traffic's coming my way. John, you know how a Christmas bulb looks at Christmas time on a tree? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How you get that glare? Yeah. This is what it looks like, John. I I have to pull all the way over to the right side of the road. You know, get out of the passing lane because it just it just kills me. When, Bob, it, when you um. When you know when you're just parked and you and you get up there and feel the windshield with you know like the palm of your hand, does it feel rough or is it smooth? John, the guy tried to do this thing with his fingernail on there with me, and I couldn't do it with my fingernail. And he said, "Oh yeah, it it's pits." But I because uh, the pits but, but you John, can, I mean you can feel if there's if it's pitted you can take the palm of your hand and just rub across the outside of the windshield and you can you can feel the pits because it'll it'll you know it'll not that they're sharp, but you'll you'll feel the pits with the palm yeah. of your hand, you know, with your fingers even. Yeah. Did you feel anything like that? No, and and another guy told me to put a cotton swab on it and go back and forth on it, see if it ripped your. Yeah, that would do the same thing. John. Yeah, yeah, it's and, good idea. And it doesn't, John. And uh, I I don't know, John. I I don't know what to do. I know you talk about your novice glass place, and it was in Fort Collins. These guys were local, and you know I don't know. And you know the the prices I got were all about the same. You know, like two hundred eleven, and you know, all like that category mm-hmm. there, and they were recommended by my insurance company. But you know, the guy said, "Yeah, bring it down. We'll take care of that for you." And I get down there, he's not in. Some young guy walked out to the parking lot with me, and he said, "No." And he gets down on the ground. He says, "See this gravel here? This flies up." But John, I had on my Silverado. I rear-ended a guy about four years, uh, four four years ago, and both my headlights got it, so I replaced them. There's not a nick on him, John. There's no nick on my. But what do you think travel. the? I mean, a other question would be: Did something get on the windshield, etch it? I mean, what's what do you think has caused it? Was it clear in the beginning? Was it clear? When it was brand new, yes, it was. It was John. clear. Okay. You know, last time last time I talked with you, yeah, and and uh, you know, we were thinking maybe a pitch from a tree or something. You know, me and right. you talked about before. Sap. Right. And I got I got goo gone, put it on there. No, I. You know, um, so I, I so make sure that I'm is, hearing everything I, correctly. I, when you run a cotton swab across it, it doesn't catch in the pits. It does not. John, okay, so then it's no. not pitted. So then it's got no, some sort of contaminant it on it. Then is what is what the deal is. I, I don't know how to get it off. John. He he said it's pitted. He said he he said you got saying he, he said it's just these. He said, "There's nothing you could do because he's just the way these windshields are these days." And I said, uh, "My son has, John. My son has a pilot, big windshield. You know how they mm-hmm. are yeah. pilots. Yeah. They're real big. We go to the mountains a lot. We do a lot of mountaineering and stuff and all. And you know, he had one put in eight years ago, John. It does not even come close to looking like mine does. Not, you know, not hardly, except for the little pits that you know your normal rocks do." And I just don't, he said, well, it's just going to keep going. John, in another year, I won't be able to see out of this thing, John. I'm, I'm yeah, curious. no, I mean, I, I you're going to have to figure out how to get that cleaned off or just put a windshield in it, one of the two. And for well, the aggravation and hassle of what it's taking to actually get it cleaned off, you may be better off just to put a windshield in it for that price. I mean, should this should should this be pitted this bad already, John? And, I have no and, idea. You know, I, I I have no idea. I, I, again, not being able to see it with my own two eyes, I, yeah. I can't answer that, Bob. I don't know. 
and see, it, 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 it's hard to see over a phone or anything like Correct. that. It just It's like a fine mist like you're in the rain, you know. It's just starting My to gut feeling is something's mist. on it, but I, without okay. knowing, without seeing it physically, I don't know what to tell you to do to take it off. You know, for example, John, for, really quick, for example, Bob, you know, roofers, people that are painting, things like that. I mean, any kind of overspray that even gets on it will give you the same look. It will not be pitted, but you cannot okay. get that type of material off with goof off or anything along those lines. You really, the next thing I would do to it, if it were me, go get a straight uh-huh. razor blade. Take okay. some window cleaner, Windex or spray away or whatever okay. you've got. Spray the window down okay. and then take that straight razor and run, you know, don't scratch the glass. You got to be careful to keep it at about a 45 degree angle, but rub that, okay. you know, take that razor blade angle. across there, see if anything comes off. Mm-hmm. Okay. If it does, then we know we've got sap, paint, overspray. I mean, even a roofer nearby with a tar, you know, some of that can spray, you know, can, okay. can fall on. The other thing to do, Bob, is if it's got overspray on it, that'll be on the truck itself. So rub your hand across the hood and see if it's nope, got any nope. roughness to it. No, it John. It, um, no, it doesn't. I I just I just I just waxed my truck. Everything was perfect. Okay, then it's not overspray. I, I, but now now that doesn't mean there's not overspray even, on the I, on the window though, Bob, because it could be. Okay. Well, I, even, I, I would I do the razor blade to test next to see. Because here's the other thing: the razor okay. blade will tell you if it's if it's skipping across the window, it's hitting pits, and you'll know if it's pitted from just using a straight razor blade as well. Okay, uh, I will feel it. Yeah, you'll feel it. So okay. I try that next, Bob, now, and then let me know how that works. And if that doesn't work out, we'll we'll go to the next step. But Vic and Thornton, you're next. We'll get you in here before the top of the hour. Go ahead. Hi, John. Uh, I, I'm not too sure. I'm kind of embarrassed to ask this, but I'm not sure what OEM stands for. Original equipment. Not a not a dumb question. Original equipment manufacturer. Okay. Uh, so, like, I have a. 95 Saturn, and of course that's way old. So they wouldn't have any OEM mm. stuff for that. They'll have some OEM equivalent parts for that vehicle, but yeah, being a 95 there, and as you know, Saturn's no longer around, there will be no more original equipment parts for that vehicle, period. And uh, how far did you say the manufacturer goes? Before they they start phasing out at ten years, typically that's kind of their plan. Phase out is at year ten. Ten years, okay. So, uh, I my best bet would be to go to Napa or a junkyard for ninety five. Depends on what you're looking for, but yes, Napa first, of okay. course. I always want to use new parts if we can. Okay, so it's original equipment manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. All right, John. Okay. Thank you. You're very welcome, Vic. I appreciate that. And uh, somebody also asked really quick, is it okay to use EPR, engine performance restoration from BG? Is it safe to use that in a turbo that's oil lubricated? Well, first of all, all turbos are oil lubricated. And the answer would be yes, it is safe to use in there because we're just idling. We're, we're not running. You know, so your turbo is not spinning very fast. We're, we're just idling and letting the engine come up to temperature. The way to put EPR in is when it's lukewarm or even cold, and you're going to put EPR in and let it run about 10 minutes until the engine warms up to temperature. Then we're going to shut the – we're not revving it up. We're not driving it. We're not doing it. We're just letting it sit there and idle. Once it's up to temp, we're going to shut it off and drain all that out. That's correct. So, yeah, you're not going to damage anything as far as 
you know, turbos or anything like that goes. Let, let's see if I can get Jeff in really quick. Uh, Jeff, I'll take you it. Will. If we can't get everything handled, I'll keep you over till the till the uh, one, you know, till the till the noon hour here. But go ahead, sir. Hey, good morning. Good morning, Jeff. I was Jeff. just going to say that uh, I was just going to say that uh, uh, I'm using steel wool on windows. I've never heard of double out. I've heard of using four out steel wool. I uh, use that in woodworking as well. Yeah, you can use you can use double or four or three or whatever you can find. Just don't use straight steel wool. No, I just the double out is as fine as you can go. And, and when you're talking about glass, I just I'm really really hesitant about doing that. Um, something I think that's even finer than that is the, uh, um, the Mr. Clean Magic Erasers, isn't it? It's, Matt, yeah, you can you, you could try Matt. Yeah, good idea. I, I hadn't really thought of that. You could try a Magic Eraser. Not a bad idea at all. Yeah, good one. Yeah, and just a little bit of information for the listening crowd that there's Magic Erasers. That's actually a form of insulation. Correct. And you can buy a whole pack of those. Yes, you can. Dirt cheap. I mean, like ten bucks for like fifty. And, and there are minor differences. They haven't added some chemicals, but in terms of abrasion, they're exactly the same thing. So um, you can spend a couple Great of point. bucks on one, or, Great or point. you can buy 50 for a couple of bucks. Great point. Jeff, I'll let you go. Great tip, by the way. He's spot on on that, on the Magic Eraser end of it. All right, we'll be right back. Guys, don't go anywhere. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.